If anyone's listening to this that's thinking about starting a business out of desperation because you lost your job or whatever, don't do it, man. Go get a job. Just go get a job, get your bills paid. And when your head is clear that your bills are getting paid, even though you hate that job, you can work on something else and then, you know, launch whatever it is that you're going to launch. When I did that, I knew I could get, I, I knew I could do it because I had money in the bank and all that stuff. But still, you don't want to do that. You want to have consistent uh, income coming in so you don't have the stress of building a business while stressing out how you're going to pay your bills. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Here's something I didn't think too much about before my talk today with Christian Leversich. I always imagined the big companies at the top, provided they're not in direct competition like Apple and Microsoft, would largely get along. Turns out I am super wrong and I find that utterly delightful. Christian is a master of Facebook advertising and his expertise on the subject as it stands today is too important to pass up on. Christian Leversich, it is good to have you here in Ecomonics. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Thank you for having me on, by the way. I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, you know, as as time goes on uh, and this show and my and my job evolves, because uh, I do backend stuff too. You know, I'm really uh, amazed at just the transformation that I've experienced in the last year. And you're a fellow podcaster too, so I think you know full well and just how much uh, how much we can learn and how uh, our perspective can change pretty rapidly too, just because of all of the minds that we get to meet. A hundred percent. I I've gotten to meet so many cool people. And then, you know, I, I get to pick what the topic is, which mm-hmm. you know, makes it even, even better. But, you know, it's it's about entrepreneurship and business in general, because that's my passion, not just, you know, digital. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, I've learned some cool stuff. I met some amazing people. You know, where in the world do you get to speak to a Fortune 50 CEO, you know, and, and get advice from them one-on-one on yeah, <laughs> yeah. a podcast, right? Uh, which is really cool. Really cool. Awesome. Well, well, we'll touch more on that. Uh, but first, I have a very important question. Well, I got two really important questions. Uh, but one of them is our Ecomonics tradition, which is for you to tell us who you are, and what you do and what you're up to. All right. So I guess you could call me an entrepreneur. Um, I, I come from a background of an entrepreneurial family. Um, I always had many little businesses growing up and, you know, side gigs and stuff while I was going to school. And um you know, at one point I had, I started my own, my first quote unquote real business when I was uh, 23. Um, I dropped out of college from Florida state, went to uh, Texas, um, Dallas from Florida. And, um, I, I bought a franchise and, um, it was car restoration franchise and I had it until the economy crashed. And, you know, during the whole time, I always been a, a computer geek, like, you know, video games. And I built my own computer since I was a kid. So I always wanted to do something online. I always kept like all my friends laugh now because the whole time I, w- I was always like, I need to do something online. I need a website, but I don't know what to do. And then listen, I was a party animal. So I had a m- million distractions. I was making tons of money at 23, 24, and I was spending it as fast as it, as it was coming in. Uh, and then the economy crashed and pretty much I lost it all. So sorry, just for a clarification, we're talking about the 2008 uh, crash. 2009. 2000, yeah, 2009 so, yeah. crash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
the idiot that I was in my late twenties, <laughs> where I thought money will never end. I never really saved up and I had employees to pay and, you know, it, I lost a lot of money. So I was like, I took some time off. Then one of my friends hooked me up with, uh, you know, I, I went back to Florida and to decided to Fort Lauderdale because I wanted to see, you know, I wanted, I needed to chill. I needed to figure out what I wanted to do next. And, uh, I started working with this company and I, I really, I'm making the, the long story short because I don't want to bore you guys to death, but I started helping them with sales and marketing and sales has been in my blood. You know, that's how you get a business to grow. And then marketing, I did it myself for my own business. So I started working with this company and I was handle, I was helping a lot with the marketing side of things. And that's when I got to see a little bit of the Google side of things of how powerful SEO can be. So I was like, all right, now I have an idea of how this works. And then like at some point there, I, uh, I came across this little course I paid $300 for. It. It's the best investment I ever made in my life. It was the first course from Don Wilson on how to do Facebook ads. And, and I was already hooked on Facebook because I've had it since college. Uh, so I took it and that was it, man. That changed my life. It cha literally changed my whole life because that opened up not just Facebook ads, but everything about making money online with products, with sourcing, how to run ads, you know, how to landers, pages, copywriting. I mean, everything that I knew in sales, but actually put it in the digital world and how to get traffic to it. And then the kicker was, was that the owners of this company that I was working for, they tried to, they screw me on a big check. It was 7K, I'll never forget it, out of uh, bonuses that I should have received for all the sales that I brought them. And they made some excuse not to pay me. So I was like, F you, I'm going to make my own and compete against you. I mean, I was super naive. I mean, this is a well-established company, you know. <laughs> of course, I, I did it. I, I got a hold of the supply of one of the suppliers and I tried to do it myself, but, you know, it didn't work. I, I found out quickly those type of products. It takes a lot of SEO and years and years and years to make it successful. And, you know, I failed from that, but I made money on it. So it wasn't like a total failure. I made money on it. It just wasn't, you know, I didn't have the knowledge to scale it. And then, you know, I started seeing how much money people were making with like t-shirts, mugs, you know, toys, uh, just gadgets, you know? And I was like, oh dude, this is so much easier than to sell uh, a corporate, you know, product. So as soon as I started playing with that, I, uh, I started my, my first, uh, you know, Shopify store when Shopify first came out. And I, I, I said this before because I lost track because I've done so many on the fly, but I think it was, I, I built a total of five at first and out of the five, three, three did well. I sold two and I still have one. <laughs> so, and I just launched another one like in October. So, and in the meantime, it was just, you know, multiple funnels with one-off products uh, that I would source on and then, you know, doing consulting for clients and running Facebook ads for it because my truly, my, I mean, my passion is all business and, and branding and, and developing products and all that, but I'm addicted to Facebook ads. That's what I'm good at. And I'm, you know, I, I'm one of the best and I know that I'm one of the best because I've seen some of these accounts and there's many people out there that are better than I am, but I'm, I'm pretty high up there with them. And, you know, I learn from them all the time because I run in these circles and they learn from me and I help a lot of people with it. And I love it. I really do. I learn something new every day and, you know, and, when you get into that world uh, and you get to a, a level where you start talking to all these people that are spending that, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars, these doors open for you when you go to these conferences and stuff like that. And again, I mean, I've seen uh, accounts that have been handled by quote unquote, some of the top agencies in the world 
I'm not going to name any names, but if I name it, all of you will know it if you're in social media and I, I couldn't believe it. So it's, it's crazy to me, like some of the accounts that I see out there, but I also seen some that, you know, by a small agency out of, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say Montana just to throw a, a state out there where it's amazing. And I'm like, dude, you don't need me. They're doing a great job. Like, you know, I'm not going to be able to do anything more than they're doing already. So you got to get props for props are new. So even though I'm very secure and sure of what I'm capable of doing, uh, you know, just because I'm one of the best doesn't mean I'm the best and there's not others out there who can do it as well. Yeah, well, there's an old saying. I remember hearing it from way back in the 90s on an episode of Fresh Friends of Bel Air. It's like, no matter how good you are, someone will always be better. And Always. I, always. I think eventually somebody is at the top, but that's where competition comes in. And there's always somebody in second trying to edge away at them and trying to get a little bit, uh, get a little bit ahead. Uh, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's a couple of points that I wanted to ask about. And I'll, I'll touch very briefly on the, the situation with those guys who should have cut you a 7K check, just because a lot of people might run into these situations themselves. And I'd love to uh, help identify maybe some red flags. But looking back on it, were there any like warning signs that this was going to happen? Not really. It was just one of those things. The numbers are there. And then they, they, you know, they basically, you know, when you're the owner of a business and it's not a corporate 500 company or, you know, a top 500, you know, company or whatever, it's a, it's a small you know, mom and pop own a company, they can pretty much say, Hey, we changed the, the structure. <laughs> and then, so you don't get seven K what are you going to do? Like, I can't sue them. I can't do anything. So I was like, but it's just like a dagger on the back, man. Like I just made you millions of dollars and you can't do that. I mean, this is why my goal was never to work for anybody else. I did it at the time because I wasn't just going to start a business just because I felt like starting a business again. That's the, that's the worst decision anyone can make. So if anybody's listening to this, that's thinking about starting a business out of desperation because you lost your job or whatever, don't do it, man. Go get a job. Just go get a job, get your bills paid. And when your head is clear that your bills are getting paid, and even though if you hate that job, you can work on something else and then you know launch whatever it is that you're going to launch. When I did that, I knew I could get, I knew I could do it because I had money in the bank and all that stuff, but still you don't want to do that. You want to have consistent, uh, consistent, uh, income coming in. So you don't have the stress of building a business while stressing out on how you're going to pay your bills right. or like, you know, digging into your savings. Right. So yeah, I mean, they pretty much woke up and say, Oh no, we changed the structure. So now you don't get seven K and I was like, F you, you know, whatever. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah. I, I only wanted to ask that one question. I didn't want to turn this into like an episode of like the econ watchdog where we just like no, it's all put good, salt man. on that wound for an this, hour. Listen, so, this yeah. happened how long yeah. ago? I mean, 10 years, not even, I don't know, eight, eight, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years. I don't even remember. It's been so long. Yeah. I think what does it say about them too, that they have to do that to, to hold on to the extra seven K. So you, you know, it, I, I hear the, uh, similar stories, not exactly like this, but I hear a numerous catalyst and, and it gets people one step closer to uh, the e-commerce space where oftentimes, in fact, pretty much all the time they belong and, and where you are now, you know, I'm seeing, you got your, you got your whiteboard, you got your microphone and you're, freaking happy like you you know you, yeah. i'm watching your your videos i see the energy and i think this you know and you say it yourself that you're you're among the elite um so it it you it got you into you know where where you should be and I, I i feel that same way too about where i am but it's listen i mean it sounds weird when we said elite i don't like I, without putting labels to myself because i'm getting i'm getting very cocky with that but fair enough i just didn't want to like know, say the exact technology no, back to you that was the only other one i had in the bank <laughs> no you're good man you get to understand though, for me, Facebook ads and e-com has been an obsession from, from day one. I mean, it's not something I, my friends can tell you. It's not, 
it's not something that I turn on from nine to five and that's it. Like I'm literally obsessed with it. I I've taken many, many courses for amazing people. I'd hire mentors. I spent, you know, millions of dollars, thousands of dollars of my own money. Like it, it's, it's, and it never turns off for me. It never turns off. I'm always reading, constantly educating myself on what to do next, how everything works. What can I do better? I communicate with people in the industry all the time that I, I consider better than me, learn from them, you know, and, and that's, I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. It's an obsession. So that's why I can honestly say I'm not one of those people who's like, okay, I'm going to run Facebook ads today and then four o'clock I'm done for the day. Yeah. Like, that's just not me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And and with that in mind, uh, I'm going to make sure I use this opportunity to, uh, to ask you about. Uh, advertising. I myself, you know, I since I uh, joined the company, uh, having just done media prior, I wasn't an e-commerce guy um, myself, but I can only have so many conversations with so many people and not be inspired to do it. And also to just prove that like, if I'm learning all of this, and I have such uh, a wealth of information uh, being given to me, I should be able to do it. I have a higher degree of, uh, of motivation and obligation to do it, really. So I'm slowly understanding how Facebook ads work. My first question to you about Facebook advertising is about the formula. Uh, the formula that I'm trained on, and I'm not here to dispute it, I, I recognize uh, its effectiveness. Uh, the, it's, uh, you have about two, three seconds to hook somebody. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you want to show them the old bad way of how things were, um, agitate their pain point, and then show them the new good way. And then you show the benefits, and then you end mm -hmm. on a call to action. Um, mm -hmm. Again, not disputing it. It works. I look forward to making no, ads it. myself to do it. I can't help but wonder, have you seen uh, other formulae um, uh, along these lines or other methods? No, man. And this is when it comes down to me being obsessed with everything. When you start looking into that stuff, it's not just Facebook ads. We're talking about marketing in general. We're talking about old school marketing. The marketing has the marketing messaging and the techniques behind it and the copywriting and sales, like how to pitch a product hasn't changed since like the P.T. Barnum days, you know, when he mm -hmm. went in his little cart into a, a Western town and like sold you some kind of like, I don't know, whatever he was selling at the time, like a tonic or whatever. It's all the same. The only thing that's changing is the platform where we're selling on. And that's, I think, what attracted me to it. It was a combination. Like, I grew up in sales. Like, that's my background. That's how I was able to do my brick and mortar business. I was a sales person, like, getting all the accounts, right, mm -hmm. at first. So what's changing is the technology and how you get that message out there. The advantage that we have now is, that, well, up until the iOS update, it's like we can track where everything's coming from. And you can we have the technology. We're spoiled, basically, where you can see it's like, okay, it came from this ad that was placed on this person's Instagram feed around this time. And they clicked and they came to my website, they looked around, I recorded them, watched them, and they bought the product, took the upsell and dipped out, right? But the actual messaging and the sales pitch behind it, still the same. Hook, story, offer. That's your three basics. Hook, story, hook, offer, story wow. offer. If you don't yeah. remember anything else, always remember, hook, story, offer. Back to your bait and uh, pain points and stuff like that. I like to break it down a little bit different. I, I go bait, hook, pain, solution to the pain, mm -hmm benefits, social proof, scarcity, and call to action. That's like if you really want to break down the copy and long copy. But we can absolutely do it your way. You know, show the pain solution to the pain call to action. I mean, that works too. You know, split test it. Yeah, well, it's great. Just, just uh, from, from what I'm hearing is that the... Uh, the way the way we structure the formula can be minimized into three terms. You have to excuse me. I'm I'm doing my best to keep up and absorbing all the information, but it's 
uh, okay. paying story offer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So pain. So yeah, you tell the story and then you make the offer. Yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. And, and, and I also uh, liked uh, the extended one too. One thing that stuck out to me, by the way, is that uh, you said um, it was a, it was problem and then solution to problem. And I, I can't remember exactly where I read it, but I read somebody call, use the word bomb, you know, like, um, actually, I think, I think I might've just referenced Mad Men, you know, which like a bomb <laughs> I haven't watched the show in a long time, but I love that show. Yeah. Me, me, me neither. I, I used to uh, identify with Don Draper until I realized that people will ask Matthew Weiner, like, yeah, yeah. So people, uh, they, they say they want to be like Don Draper. And I'm like, why? I'm like, well, because <laughs> he's a creative genius. The infidelity, no, God, no. But, you know, the, the creative Well, thing. I can tell you I had the, the drunk part down to a T in my 20s. And early 30 in my 20s, I was like, hammered all the time. So, yeah. So I guess you could, man, that's one thing I can tell you. Like salespeople are with their generates. I mean, there's just, there's, that's why we're extroverts. That's why a lot of them, you know, a lot of us are good at it. But with all that extrovert side of us and networking and, when, and all that stuff, there's a degenerate side to most of us, man. And that's why salespeople, I'm telling you, man, if you want to have a good time, go out to a bar with a bunch of salespeople. You will not be let down. I can assure you that. Well, I, I've done sales for, let me see, uh, mostly in the watch industry. Uh, altogether, I would say about four, maybe about five years in a couple of different stores uh, selling watches, increasingly more premium as time went on. And, oh yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're not wrong about that. <laughs> Although I, I, I don't know, like I've always, uh, not, not to get too much into my own psychology. Cause you know, I'm not, I'm not the, uh, the guest here or anything like that, but like, I don't know. I don't view myself as an extrovert. I, I have viewed myself as an introvert. Like I do like being Why, alone. Though? I do like, uh, what do, my, what do you think that is? Time. Cause we all suffer from a little bit. I suffer from, uh, we all do, we all do, uh, imposter syndrome. Right. I, I listen, I feel it sometimes, man. There's some times when I'm like getting ready to record a YouTube video. And for some reason, you know, it just hits me. I'm like, oh man, what if I like someone starts to argue with me like that? I don't know what I'm talking about or whatever. Or, and then you realize that 99% of the people who are watching you or listening to you, they don't, they're not in your world. One of the best advice I ever received was from one of my mentors and his name is John Lover. He specializes on uh, scaling agencies. And John told me one day, told all of us, because we're a small group, paid a lot of money to be there. Uh, he told all of us, stop hanging out with your marketing friends. Stop talking to your marketing friends. Stop talking to your Facebook ads guys daily. Like just stop for a week, just get away from it and get out of the bubble. Because what, what basically the message was that we're in our bubbles all day long. Like I told you, I talk to all these people that I know that are at the top of the cream, you know, the top of the top. Mm-hmm. And we talk about Facebook ads all day and marketing and branding and all that stuff that we forget that there's people out there that are newbies. They're still learning. They're still, just like I was. I was a total noob too, man. I didn't know any of this stuff back in the day. This yeah. is, you know, over a decade of knowledge that I accumulated, you know, over the years. So it's okay to fill it a little bit because you're never going to be know it all. None of us will. You're, there's always room for improvement and learning, and you should always be improving and learning. And you're going to learn from your mistakes and failures too. Listen, I've learned from a lot of them. You know, I had failures. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that a great deal. And I and I think what you say too, just about like getting out of the bubble and just like resetting and uh, a, a recalibration. But the the point that I wanted to make about like why I guess I thought of myself more, uh, I think of myself as more of an introvert is the difference between somebody who is at home and has a yearning to go out versus somebody who's out and has a yearning to go home. I tend to have a yearning to go home. Yeah. And this whole thing has 
crush me, man. I, I'm, you know, I like to go out. I like to, you know, especially being in Florida, going to the beach, going out of places, you know, downtown and all that. I mean, I miss it. I miss it a lot. And it's, it's, you know, I can be an introvert if I'm in the mood when I don't want to talk to anybody, or I just want to play a video game, or I just want to work on something. I just get in the zone. I'm fine with that, but I need that people energy. I need to talk to people. I, there's nothing more than I love, like going to, you know, a, a restaurant or a, well, let's talk, let's be real here. Like, you know, go with friends to a bar or whatever, and yeah. you're having a good time and you meet people there and conversations and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, I miss that. I miss that the social aspect of things. I miss going to concerts. You know, I used to go to a lot of concerts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been killing me, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll add one thing onto that. Uh, and then I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll chamber the next, uh, the next question, which is like here in Toronto, I'm sure there's, there, they exist in other places too, but Toronto, Toronto is like hipster central in uh, Canada. And, uh, there's bars that you can go to where they have arcade machines. You pay a one-time fee, you get in, you can play arcades to your heart content and then buy drinks, buy food there. I yeah. loved just going there, even on my own, just to, just to drink and try to get as good as I can at root beer tapper and then walk away and see like one of the local masters of root beer tapper, just like get all the way. Like, <laughs> oh my God, there's a level six. I didn't realize that. So yeah, I, I miss <laughs> that awesome. too. Yeah. No, man, that's cool. We have a place like that here. Uh, they, they have a bunch of arcade machines and games and all that stuff. You're, so you're in uh, Florida right now, right? Yeah, Florida. Here's a question that I like asking people who had um, a length of experience uh, in Facebook, because I'm always uh, interested in learning more about the, the transformation of it. I'm going to be general. Um, what are some of the major changes you've seen on Facebook um, in regards to advertising? And I will oh, chamber man. this. Some of the ones that I've seen has just been like the price increase, for instance, that yeah. over time it has become more expensive. But I, I, I want to say that there's had to have been more to it than just the price. A lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, I mean, well, listen, the platform is evolving literally daily. Like they all, they're always updating. They're always making changes, you know, um, but lately, I mean, the topic is iOS 14. For those of you that don't know, and we talked about this before we got started, is Apple uh, introduced this move where they're going to block all apps, not only Facebook, all apps from tracking your data, okay, to keep it, quote unquote, private. Uh, we all know in the industry what the ulterior motive is there because, you know, Steve Jobs bought an advertising uh, firm, <laughs> you know, before he died. So the, my personal predictions, they will release an ad network inside their ecosystem somehow. I see that coming from a mile away. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's my guess on there. So obviously, as Apple will do or any other business do, they have so much power. It's like, well, if we're going to do that, let's cut everybody else off. And basically what happens is what they're doing is they're cutting your what we call attribution. So now we can't track uh, Apple users' behavior through all platforms like, you know, analytics and Facebook and all that. So when you're running campaigns on Facebook, you need that data to optimize your campaigns. The algorithm needs that data to improve your campaigns. So right now it's, you know, not only the costs go up every year due to supply and demand because more people want to buy inventory, but there's only so much inventory. Uh, you know, Facebook is pretty good about working on that and buying people out. So we have more room for, for inventory to place ads. You know, that's why they bought Instagram. That's why they bought, you know, um, WhatsApp, you know, 
just placements. And that's why they always test new apps to put out. Like they have one called, uh, what is it? Bars. It's like you wrap, you wrap, you can go in there and they have tracks and you just wrap over the tracks. And it's kind of like TikTok, you scroll. So they're testing that one right now. What's the whole goal? User base, more placement for ads. That's how they make their money. But the problem is like right now we can't, there's a delay in data. So right now it's like, you know, if a conversion happens in some accounts, we're seeing up to three days delays to see if that sale came from that specific campaign or not. So it makes it very difficult to, to track your campaigns and to see what's working. Like before all of this happened, you know, you will have a campaign with multiple ad sets and you will look at your ad sets and see which one's the one that that's performing the best. You say, okay, that one, you either crank up the budget or you grab that ad set and turn it into its own campaign with a higher budget and then scale it. That's how we call scaling. That's how we go from spending 500 to $1,000 a day and getting double your sales, you know, if it's enough data there. So it's it's been making it very, very difficult lately, you know, with Facebook updating on there and trying to 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 not fight it, but uh, you know, deal with the without the signals, how to train the algorithm without the signals and and still um, what do you call it, optimize for whatever your ultimate goal is. So right now in, in, in lame terms, Facebook's about 30% blind right now. It's just, you know, it's just you throw the ad out there and then hope, you know, that that 70% catches what you're looking for. Um, but from talks that I've had and meetings that I had uh, with other very smart people in the industry and machine learning and all that stuff, it's like, uh, you know, like companies like Facebook and Amazon, um, they, what they do is when they see a big coming, like a big change like this coming, what they do is they train the algorithm uh, based on those changes and they take the signals away. So they're ready for it. But at the end of the day, uh, it's still AI or machine learning. It's machine learning. So you have to train it. And in order for it to get better, it needs all those data points, you know, to get better. So you have to throw that live and then it has to learn in a real situation instead of just, you know, a virtual machine. So all those changes throws everything around. And you got to remember Facebook, it, it's an auction. It's an actual auction. So, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, you're bidding for, it goes to the highest bidder. So I say, Hey, I raise my hand. Hey, I want to sell this watch, right? Will you put it in front of uh, Joseph because he likes watches. And then it will look at everybody in their creative and be like, okay, well, how much are you willing to bet? And then, you know, if somebody's doing automatic bidding, then Facebook's going to calculate how much to go for. Or if you have somebody like me, like sometimes I do manual bidding, I'll make the bid, you know, five times higher on purpose to kick everybody out of the auction. You know, it's, and that's how you win that sell because the amount of data that they have, it's so accurate and so good that Facebook can, knows like 99% to a T that you're going to buy that, you're going to buy that product, even if, the, if it's the first time that you see it. Why is that? Because it has all these data points on you. They know what you buy, when you buy it, what credit card, at what time, what day, you know, they know everything in the pixel that we're going to talk about the pixel. You brought that up uh, before oh, yeah. we got started. You know, this is how it's all track, and that's what Apple is trying to block. But there's already ways around it. You know, this is how they make their money, Google, Facebook, all of them. They're not just going to sit there and be like, oh, okay, I guess we're screwed. No, I mean, basically what's going to happen, it's they're going to find a way to keep your data private, which is good for all of us. I have nothing against that. Uh, and then, but still make it work. So instead of saying, you know, Joseph likes watches, it'll be okay. Here's a pool of people that are into watches. And then you can throw your ad out there and see what happens. You know, we'll learn from that. I think that's what's going to happen. I've read somewhere that that's kind of like the intentions that they have or where they're going with it. 
Um, so it's just a matter of time before it gets fixed. You know, uh, the other thing we talked about this, um, you know, I said, I, I tweeted out <laughs> right before we got on here. It's a, I don't even know what I said. It was something. Oh, I remember because I have it written down right here. Apple has single-handedly destroyed a whole industry. Let that yeah, sink in. Yeah. Yeah. And what I meant by that, it's like, it literally wrecked the whole industry. You know, that's what I meant by it. Did I mean it's the end of the world? No, absolutely not. Like it's temporary. We'll figure out, everybody will figure out. And then at the end, we'll all go through it. Uh, but it's the second time it does it. The first time it was, you know, cell phones <laughs> and, you know, now we have iPhones and everybody started making our smartphone. So it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's just like, it just dawned on me, like, that's how much power <laughs> Apple yeah. has, you know what I mean? So that's what I meant by that. I, so, I mean, at, at my point, I, I see myself in like the 102 class. Like, I think I made it past 101, but or, I don't know. Uh, that, that, so just to get, understand like where my, my mindset is at, like the basics are, have sunk in, but there's still definitely a lot more, a uh, lot, a lot, lot more for, uh, of a ways to go. The part yeah. that there's, there's a number of things that surprise me. One of them is that they're not getting along. I had always believed that big tech in Apple would find a way to find an agreement. So this isn't the first time that they've had these conflicts, judging by your uh, no, your, no, your language no, no. as well as body language. So No, Tim, Tim Cook and Zuck hate each other. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know why, uh, but there's something there that they just don't like each other. I don't know what to be up. Tim Cook just doesn't like Facebook. Uh, I mean, he said it publicly where you know, no company should make money off people's data. Okay. Like, dude, you make overpriced phones. <laughs> you know, it wasn't for Steve Jobs going back in the nineties, that company will be dead. And then as soon as Steve dies, you know, all innovation went out the window. So it's like, okay. And they just, it's just, you know, it's just power grabs, man. It's like, how much power do you need? And then you got Google. I mean, Google just plays nice, you know, but then you have Apple. Oh, Google, by the way, I know we pay you for, uh, for the browser or whatever, I think it's the browser, like 12 billion a year or something crazy like that. And, uh, but no, we're going to come with, we're going to make our own and then just block you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just politics, man. Politics mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley. I mean, if you ask me, I think, you know, I'm all for the, you know, the, the American dream and building a, a company and growing and the whole nine yards. But some of these companies that just have too much power, man, and it's a scary thing. It's a very scary thing when you see what I see every day. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know how far we can get into this. I'm not against getting into it. I I'd love to hear it, and you know, I'll get into it. Whatever yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more happy to get into it too. It's just because you never know. Like sometimes some guests be like, mm, "We don't want to get too political." I'm like, I understand. Because poli politics, <laughs> politics is a uh, is a horrendous nightmare uh, for for all involved. Okay, so for first of all, as like a as a, as a proud member of like the tinfoil hat community, hearing that like people in big tech are like at each other's throats. Is gonna yeah. help me sleep tonight. No, no melatonin spray for for Joseph tonight. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna be out like a rock. So well, it's I, competition. I yeah. They're all competition with each other. You got to think about it that way. You know, I mean, Facebook became Facebook. No one saw that coming. Um, then you know, Google tried to to beat him at it by creating whatever their so Google Plus, I think it was called, which it was just a big failure. It, because it was designed by engineers, not real people. Yeah, and that's what you get. You know, who liked that? Real and. and Techie, super techie people. It wasn't easy enough for anybody to use. Uh, you know, Facebook was the sixth social network at the time. It wasn't the first. Mm -hmm. You had MySpace before that. And then you have six degrees of separation. You had Friendster. Mm -hmm. Facebook just won the game because they made it exclusive. It was only college kids. And you would just open up a little bit, a little bit. And they built that FOMO that everybody wanted to hop on. And you got to remember, at one point, MySpace was cool because you could customize it. But 
that led to, you know, at the time we had slow computers, it was still desktop. We didn't have the phones that we have today. So when people would like customize their pages with songs and HTML and all this stuff, it, it will literally like crash your computer because it will take so long for load. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook was just simple. And then it was only college kids. So your parents weren't there at the time. It's like Snapchat when Snapchat came out. Snapchat was cool because your parents weren't there and then nothing was saved, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why they won the game. But you know, they're all each other's throats. I mean, all the time, but they got to play nice with politics because, okay, yeah, Apple can sit here and say, we're going to block all tracking, but guess what? What's an iPhone without apps? It's just a brick. They need Google. They need Facebook. They need, you know, all these apps, you know, and they have a lot of power. I mean, they really do. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just ranting at this point, but yeah, I mean, they, they need each other, but they hate each other. It's competition. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, soaking it in. Uh, I, there, there, there is one question here that I had chambered that uh, I'd like to know too, because this is something that I didn't understand about the uh, data collection. So, in in Facebook, I guess what I was thinking is that they are only getting data internally based off their activity, um, and so for Apple to block them, even though people are using Facebook, it's because they're on an Apple device that. Apple is putting up a, uh, a smoke shield between the, the data that Facebook wants to collect and Facebook itself. Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah, but it's not only Facebook, it's everyone. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying Facebook as an, as an example. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, so basically it's not only while you're using the app. The app, okay, when you sign up for the app or download any app for that matter, it tells you uh, we need access to your camera, your microphone, your pictures or whatever. Some people freak out because they think uh, Facebook is listening. And that's not the case, man. These algorithms are super powerful and they can figure out, you know, it's just math. <laughs> it's just a calculation of uh, probability of what you're probably most likely to act upon. That's what it is. Now, Messenger at one point did have the microphone on and you had to go in there and switch it off yourself. But I'm pretty sure they changed that like a while back. Uh, they got sneaky with that one. That's, see, that's the problem with Facebook. That Facebook does things and says sorry when it gets caught. <laughs> That's well, the what's issue. the term? Better to beg forgiveness than ask permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, in their defense, and and listen, I'm not defending. I, I'm very neutral on this stuff. It's not because I make most of my living with them or using them, but I'm pretty neutral. Like the whole data Cambridge Analytica deal, that wasn't their fault. Uh, that Cambridge Analytica was not supposed to have access to all that data. They found a vulnerability on the API and they, they took advantage of it. They pulled the data. Now that's Facebook's fault for not, you know, being secure or catching it right away. You know, I'll, I'll agree to that. Mm-hmm. But people have this misconception that Facebook sells your data to random people. That's not what they do. Their data lives on their servers, lives inside their ecosystem. And when someone like me wants to use it and run ads, I can go in there and choose people by targeting or create an audience based on their behavior. But it's not you specifically. It's just like an interest. Like literally, I see dogs or people who own a house or people who drive a Mercedes. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, here's Joseph's data. Let me see what he's into. Oh, he's he lives here. He makes this much. Like It's not like that. It's just a pool of data that you get. You know, you pick, oh, show my ad to uh, people who make, I don't know, $50,000 a year, live in Florida and have a boat. That's all it is. You know what I mean? 35 to to 54 males. 
I'll tell you what you're doing. It's not like I'm looking at you per- specifically. So this, and listen, it's not Facebook. They all do it. Yeah. Apple does it. Google does it. Every single app out there does it. Just everybody just likes to be, pick on Facebook because they don't like Zuck. <laughs> you know, he's not a very likable guy. <laughs> for what I, I mean, you know. So oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna pile on. But uh, suffice it to say, there's a few um, uh, quips even running through my mind, namely around drinking water. But anyways, listen, people just hate the guy, and at, to me, it's just pure jealousy because the guy has made billions and billions and billions of dollars. Guy has a lot of ton, ton of power. I don't know him personally. I've never met him. But I know people who've actually met him, and the guy's like a super duper introvert, man. There's some, you know, some of us are just like that. Most smart people are like that. He's just like a super introvert, and he's very like, you know, everything he says. It's like I guess like being the president of the U.S. or like anything you said can get twisted into a million things. So when you're at that level, you just got to be so shielded off of what, how you act, what you say, how you behave. But at the end of the day, the dude's a shark, dude. You don't build a company like Facebook by just being a pushover. So you know yeah there's one thing i wanted to uh say too just in in regards to data is that when you look at these different platforms the data that one can collect on facebook is disagree and you know feel free to school me on this but it's just not relevant outside of it because people's mindset changes their their activity changes their habits change how they use facebook and just going back to what you're saying about google plus you know, people go on to Google with some intent already. They, 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 they're looking for something. Are they ready to buy? Well, you know, not, not, not quite. It's more like an Amazon thing. So the idea of like being in a leisure mindset on Google just doesn't translate, which is why well, I think one of the many reasons why Google Plus is just not going to work. Although I will say for to Google's uh, credit is that they basically just try every idea on the planet, right? Just, yeah, know, they the, do. The six, that, six, that, yeah. six, that but that's how they were going yeah. for because behavioral data, it's very powerful. You know, you, you got to think about it. You're checking it into places. I mean, at one point, I, and I, I hate that they, <laughs> they took this away as an advertiser, but at one point I could literally target you. I, I would look at your data. Not, again, not you specifically, but a, a group of people. So I could go for Lauderdale. And then I will pick uh, American Social. It's one of my favorite spots downtown Las Olas. So I will pick uh, people who have checked in American Social in the past year. And it will say 300,000 people, right? Okay, what are their interests? And it will show me the interests of that pool of people. Okay, so look, I'm like, all right, these people are, okay, they go to American Social. So, you know, all the time, you know, you can choose like, I think it was more than... I don't remember exactly if you could choose like checked in more than once, but I know you could select if they checked in. And right. then I will look at the interest. And as a marketer, I'll be like, okay, what are their interests? And then let's say if they were into, um, I don't know, I'm trying to pick an interest like uh, uh, scuba diving. Scuba diving, exactly. So I would say like scuba diving. Okay, then I could make my offer like for a scuba diving product or company, you know, like, uh, Ex scuba company locally here in Fort Lauderdale. We're going to have an event at American Social, you know, this day where you can win a free scooter diving trip. And then I would pack the place with an ad, you know, because like, oh, people are into going to this place and they like scuba diving. It's a win-win. Of course, they're going to show up. So it was just powerful that way for a marketer to be able to see that data and then use it to create a, an amazing offer. Uh, you can still do that. It's just, you know, it's not as, you know, detailed as it used to be, but you can still... The algorithm has gotten better of doing the work for you and it's going to get better. Um, even with the whole Apple thing, once the new algo gets strained and, you know, uh, we get fast, faster, you know, 
computing processing, you know, uh, quantum computing at one point, you know, it's, it's just, calcul- it's math calculations, man. The faster a machine can do it, the better it's going to get. That's all it comes down to. Because all that data is collected. By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version 3 has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion-boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long. Okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you about the Pixel. Uh, That's on deck, Uh, but I did want to ask you one more um, question. This is more like an opinion on uh, on these big companies because we established that we're both open to talk about this. So, and we can skip it, by the way, if it's like you don't really feel like you can weigh in on it, it's all good, but I just want to give it a shot, which is what would you like to see uh, maybe from the perspective of like how the government can handle it, assuming the government has any power here, but you know, um, how could, how, what would you like to see happen to these big companies just so that they're not overstepping their boundaries or how would the government, what would be a fair, preferably libertarian way for the government to, to step in and, and, and deal with this. And to be fair, I'll, I'll give you like my first thoughts on this, which is, I think it really just comes down to information. Like, like this, we, it's no secret. I've talked to people who are Amazon experts and they have been open about some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Workers are, are overworked. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot, there, there's COVID outbreaks. Um, we hear stories about the lack of like bathroom breaks and the results of that. So there's some ugly stuff there. Imagine a world where we didn't know about that. I would say the state while not directly controlling any of what they do should be able to provide that information to the public. So say, look, we're not going to tell you what to do, but we are going to tell you all of this stuff through our audits and through the information that we've collected so you can make a more informed decision. That's one thing I'd like to see the state do, but that's me being in 102 and not really getting at that level and not understanding it to that depth. So uh, whatever you got on the subject, I'd love to hear it. All right. So I'll give you my opinion. So before I get into it, just so everybody knows, I'm in the middle. I'm not one side or the other. I just practice common sense. Like, you know, one side can say something and I'll be like, yeah, I agree with that. And the other side can say something. And I'm like, totally agree with that. And then the other side can say something and be like, I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with that. I always said, I and, wish and I will like say a- too, um, I, I appreciate that. And I think it's important to understand that the middle is always the goal. You know, life is about balance. And so when you find people that are far to one side or another, it's usually a sign that something is off balance. And well, there's the issue. Okay. What doesn't help is these algorithms. I know how they work. So the problem is once you get into a bubble, they feed you that bubble. And this is how you get all these conspiracy theories. And this is how you get, you know, extreme, extreme, and I'm talking about like extreme behavior. It's just because it fuels that information over and over and over. And listen, I create YouTube videos, but the reality of a YouTube video is like anyone can make a video. Anyone can upload a video to YouTube. So I can go up there and upload a, a YouTube t- a video today and saying that the earth is flat. And then people think that I know what I'm talking about because it's on YouTube. You know, I mean, I do fa- I talk about Facebook ads, but guess what? I got proof. <laughs> I show it on every video. So it's a little bit different, but you know what I'm saying? So when people see on TV or on YouTube, it, 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 it's called social proof. It's just like ads. That's why we use influencers. That's why we use celebrities. It's the same thing. People just have this mentality of like, well, it's if it's on TV, it's real. If it's in the media, it's real. Right. Listen, the media... And, and, and the media and blogs and sites and websites, it's all about clicks. This is how they make their money. This is how I make money by driving that traffic. So if I can tweak that headline and I don't, I don't deal with anything political, I'm talking about, pro- I do products. I don't do anything 
that had, let me, let me put that disclaimer out there with anything with news or political, any of that, all I sell is products, uh, like, you know, <laughs> phones or whatever, you know, uh, they can manipulate that with a headline. I saw a headline on Fox news the other day where like max, they, the headline was, uh, toxic masculinity, masculinity, because some people complain about a car club making noise in Austin. Okay. <laughs> I'm willing to bet a million dollars that somebody just came up with a headline to get the shock value and they got everybody riled up. That's why they do it. What is that? Engagement. Draws engagement up. But I was getting at with government and all that stuff, I'm in the middle. So, and I know how these companies work. And yes, they do have too much power. The issue is education. The people who are in the Senate, Congress, whatever, they're old, man. They're old. <laughs> you know, they don't know how any of this stuff works. 90% of people don't know how this stuff works. And that's the problem, education. So like, like right now, the Apple move, it's really hurting. I mean, Facebook tried to do a campaign about it, but it just came off the wrong way. It's really hurting small businesses that need it the most. They're not hurting people like me where I have accounts where we spend thousands and thousands, of, I mean, a day. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. hurting those guys. You're hurting the small pop, mom and pop restaurant or store, local store, or whatever that was using, you know, companies like Facebook to throw an ad out there for $5 a day and hopefully get people to come into their place or generate a lead. Those are the people that are really getting screwed here. I mean, those are the people you're really hurting. So when Apple makes like a, a, a move like that, it's like, dude, I get what you're trying to do, but like you already made plenty of money. Like look out for these people. So that's when government should be able to step in and be like, no, 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 no. You can't do that, man. You're hurting small business. I get your beef with Facebook. I'm sure we can find a way to meet in the middle. But for now, we got to take care of these people because this is their living, you know, their livelihood. And this is not a competing business like an Apple. This is a freaking restaurant, you know? Mm -hmm. This is not about Facebook at this point. The problem is they don't know, they don't know how any of this works in education. So until we get people in there that know how this technology works, and the only person that I can even begin to think that's like somewhat educated in these, it's AOC. And I, listen, I don't agree with AOC 90% of the shit that comes out of her mouth, yeah. but she does know a little how this goes. And then uh, Yang, you know, he ran for Democrats. He knows this whole industry. That's why he was pushing for like, you should like, they're making money off your data. Why can I get a check for my data? They get a check every day. So I'm all down for a check for my data if I'm going to let them use it. So it's education and it's putting restrictions as well. Uh, you know, there's certain things that they shouldn't be able to do. They should be broken up, you know, at a certain level, they need to be broken up. Like the Amazon thing, dude. Again, I admire Bezos for like building Amazon from nothing to what it is today, the behemoth that it is today. The guy's the richest man in the world. That I mean, that to me, it's like, holy crap. I wish I could do something like that. But I think about it all the time. I'm like, dude, at one point, do you just say like, oh, we're going to lose a little bit of profit? Like, I'm going to give away like $2 billion out of my $300 billion and make sure people are paid accordingly, that, you know, they get taken care of. They can take days off. They don't have to work in their... I mean, but it's all... It, it's crazy to me. So I agree with you. I mean, it, it's just something... I don't know how they they think that way, man. I just... Yeah. I don't get it. I really don't. Well, you know, the, the the state could always send a sleeper agent to get married to Jeff Bezos and see if they can extract another half of this. I just, I mean, listen, Amazon, I don't think Amazon, is, it's, it's even profitable yet. I, I, don't, I don't really think it is yet. If I remember, I, I might be completely wrong. So don't throw me in the fire if I'm wrong. But so I, I, I will say that having looked into the history of Amazon, there was like a certain year where they able, they were able to report profitability. But overall with Amazon, with the way their business is constructed, it is that 
you know, they're focused on cash flow. So right. they a lot of what they do, especially in the physical side, is not profitable. Uh, but yeah. they can be profitable on their digital side, like on hosting, for instance. It's easier to, um, I don't know if I say inflate, but you can uh, mark up the prices more because you're selling uh, something, a digital service, like Amazon Prime, for instance. They also get away with... Uh not get away, but I mean, they create so many jobs. So when it comes to ta filing taxes and all that stuff, that gets rid of a lot, you know, of the stuff that they have to, you know, show. So, but when Jeff Bezos is worth billions and billions and billions, and, you know, it's not like cash, but, or, you know, it's stock options and assets and all that. But I mean, at that point, man, like he should just be like, you got to do something about this. You know, I, I would love to walk into my warehouse and everybody be like, what's up, man? Like everybody having, you know, not having, getting the job done, but like be taken care of. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. I always joke around that I'm greedy, but there's a point where like people come first. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just my, my, my motto, I guess. Like take care of your people first, man. Well, I mean, it's just a wise investment. You know, you, you increase their loyalty, you make them happy, it boosts productivity. Studies show the happier people are, the less it ends up costing the company in the long term because people want to stay. And, you know, they, they feel like they have more of an investment in it. They have more of a stake in the well-being of the company. Yeah, I mean, I think it also with me comes from like growing up. I had, you know, the crappy jobs that, you know, I, I worked at a restaurant, I bartended in college, like I worked retail growing up in high school. Like I'd done them all, man. So yeah. I remember, yeah, it was hard work. <laughs> so it's like, take care of your people, man. It's that simple. I, I, I mean, I wish I knew all the politics and legalities about it, but I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't. But I just see the overall picture of a company like Amazon and I see, you know, videos from inside the warehouses and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, man, come on. Like, take care of them. You're making plenty of money. Yeah, well, I, I, I appreciate your insight uh, all, all the same. And as I was uh, I was hearing this, something clicked in my mind uh, in regards to Apple. You know, I can do one of two things. Like I asked you about the Pixel, but people can go to your YouTube and they can look at all the information all day. <laughs> I can talk about the Pixel, whatever you want to. Yeah, just ask me, whatever you want to know. Well, you know, on the one side, I do want to do that. But on the other side, we have something unique going on here. And my, my gut says, keep going with this. So all right. here's what I observed based on what you told me about Apple. It sounds like Apple they are continuing to curate the brand experience they are a prestigious brand um they the, the people they want the people who buy it to be able to you know afford a more luxurious lifestyle and so what that means is the data that's being given to them would actually yield more prestigious advertising i i i'm going to say this and again this is one of those things you're welcome to dispute but like i i see facebook advertising nonstop. And a lot of it just sells products that are 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And the money that goes into the advertising is, uh, it, there's only so much money spent on it versus premium advertising that can be spent appealing to the same people who enjoy Apple products. So I think what they're doing is they're just trying to create a more um, cohesive brand experience, not just when people buy the product or use the product, but also the content that they experience whilst on the product while they're on their phones while they're on their ipads so they're going to see advertising for tesla for instance you're gonna see a lot more tesla ads and a lot less pet toys so i can see okay so as a user that's where you're coming from all right this is what people don't see behind the scenes facebook has been trying to fight this for years now actually on the back end there's a quality score for your page and what that quality score tracks is the customer experience uh, as far as the user goes because the users using facebook to buy that product Okay. What happened back in the day in the wild, wild west days before they figured it, because you got to remember, we're all, all these companies learn as we go. It's not like, Hey, we knew this was coming. You know, yeah. they just see it happen. They try to fix it, you know, and, 
And you're not dealing with, you know, five advertisers, you're dealing with millions of advertisers. So think about it. It's not that easy to deal with, right? And it's like a Hydra. You chop, it's a Hydra. You chop one head off and three more appear. Yeah, so you shut down my, my ad account and then I'll get somebody else's ad account and then, you know, launch the same store with a different domain. So that's what happens it, and it's going to happen. So Facebook has been trying to fix it for years now. And it's even affected people like me where I'm like, hey, dude, like I'm following all the rules. Why are you, are you taking points ahead from me that the products got there in time? But they 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 work with you to try to fix it. And they've been working on it for years. So uh, Apple's about the experience, but this is what people don't know. Most of the money that Facebook makes, it's not from brands like Tesla. Well, Tesla doesn't even advertise. Like brands like Coca-Cola or Pepsi or, you know, these huge companies. Mm-hmm. 80, uh, don't quote me on this because I don't know the percentage, but I can tell you right now, I've seen the reports. Like most of the money they make, I'm just going to throw a number. This is not the exact number, but I'm going to say 70%. Mm-hmm of Facebook's revenue from ad revenue, it's from small pop and mom businesses and little stores. It just adds up massively because you got to remember it's the whole world. It's not just the U S so, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi, they can only spend so much for the year. Mm -hmm. But when you have all these little businesses spending money at the same time, those are the ones that make the majority of the revenue for Facebook and Google and all those companies. So the only thing that Apple can do is, okay, we, well, I know this is what Apple's going to do if they release their own ad network. It's like everybody has ad guidelines. Like Facebook has tons of policies that you have to follow. And they have gotten more strict over the years because they don't want their ads to look spammy. And I totally get that. Um, and Apple's going to try to be hardcore if they do release an ad network, uh, which that's my intuition that it's, that's what's going to happen eventually because of what I, what I know Steve Jobs did back in the day. By the way, Steve Jobs was obsessed with uh, the advertising from Target and uh, Mini Cooper. So that's a fun fact for you right there. That Those are the companies that he liked the advertising from. Um, and actually, you can listen, but there, there's a podcast from the guy who got bought out by Steve Jobs before he died, who invented the first ad network that you see on your old school Samsung phones, you know, the flip phone, Motorola's. Like, you remember when you used to go on the internet and like, I don't know how old you are, but like back in the day, before the iPhone, you will go on the internet on your phone and it will cost your pants like $100 a minute. And then a little banner ad will pop up and, and pixelate it. That was the first ad network. And basically, long story short, you can dig for this interview. somewhere. It's on YouTube somewhere. I can't remember the name of the guy or the name of the interview. But he tells a story when Steve Jobs bought him out. And he's like, you know, long story short, we want to buy you out. So... Um, because we like what you're doing. You know, Steve Jobs was famous for never telling you what he was going to do, but he will say, we like what you're doing. Uh, and here, I'm going to offer you X. And I guess homeboy went back to his board <laughs> of investors and goes, uh, they go, no, 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 we're not going to take that. We're worth way more than that. And homeboy gets back to Steve Jobs and he goes, uh, sorry, Steve, we can't do that. So apparently Steve Jobs just leans over and goes, oh, really? So let tell you what, you don't do that. I won't let your shitty ad network in any of my phones. And this is after the iPhone came out. So it's like, where are you going to go, dude? You have no, so the guy's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. Where do I sign the ink? And then he brought him onto Apple. I believe he still works for Apple. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, the signs are there, you know, and then Steve Jobs died. Um, and, uh, but yeah, they're going to be, they're very specific about, you know, if you listen to that interview, it gives you an insight of how Apple thinks. In, in terms of design and customer ex- uh, brand experience, customer experience, user experience. 
And when the guy was trying to show him ads or, you know, placements and stuff like that, Steve Jobs hated them. And then somebody at Apple, because he will never tell you directly. He just told you you're a piece of shit and you suck and get out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently another designer would tell him, it's like, he loves Mini Cooper ads and Target's branding. So do something like it. And apparently when he did it, that's what made him happy. So I'm assuming that's what Tim uh, Cook wants to carry over. This this is just my opinion, by the way. So, you know, who knows? But that's what the, the, the kind of legacy they want to carry over. That's the, that's their branding. That's their user experience, you know? And I'm sure if they do release on that network, it's going to be very strict on what you can do. And there's going to be so many hoops to jump on mm-hmm. to just throw an ad out there. But is it going to be powerful? Yeah, man. I'll be one of the first ones to jump on that, <laughs> you know, for my, myself and my clients. Absolutely. Oh, and 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 the question to uh, to wrap that up is where will those ads even be displayed? Would they end up appearing on Facebook in their I own way? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I mean, that's yeah. something that you that's, know. That's, that's why these guys make like, millions uh, and billions of dollars. Because I, I mean, it's you got to remember. I mean, I have an iPhone. I gave in uh, after a while because my Samsung wasn't going to explode. And I had to get on a plane. <laughs> I got yeah, an iPhone. Like all that. my friends have iPhones, so I'm like, and I'm in front of a computer all day, so I don't use it like I used to use my Android all the time. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at your iPhone and it's all about the user experience, the way like the little icons, the folders, I mean, when you go into an app, it's very like easy to use, right? They, they will have to integrate it seamlessly. And I just, I don't know, man. They own that real estate so they can say, you know what? We're going to place it on your app. You don't like it? We don't have to, you don't have to be on our phone. And I mean, that's a lot of power, man, because I, there's a lot of iPhones out there, you know? So I don't know. I can't remember if I if I ever shared this story either, like doing my own solo content or uh, with any of the guests. Definitely not with a guest. Um, but I did at one point try to apply for a job at Apple, and okay, maybe with a guest. Anyway, so I did try to apply for a job at Apple, and the hiring seminar conference was going to take place at a nearby Holiday Inn. And I am thinking, well, I guess I'll just sit down at the desk and give my ten to thirty minutes uh, interview, then uh, that'll go, and then there'll be a lineup. Oh no, it was nothing like that. It was a continuation of the brand experience. Everybody was on, on a table. It was like a U-shape all around the, the big conference room. Um, they would put the uh, this, this trailer on to show like all the happy people working there. And, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm in these rows of people and there's a big screen. And I started having flashbacks to that 1984 ad they did where people were all sitting on rows and there's yeah. a big screen and somebody comes in with a mallet. So I thought, huh, these things, they do come full circle, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Have you um have you read uh, Steve Jobs' biography, the one he actually authorized? No, and I'm going to try to guess the name of it. Was it "I Am Steve Jobs"? Yeah, yeah, okay, I think like, that was the name of it. Right, so at least the I guy who the wrote it, like it's been around him like the whole journey or whatever. And it's pretty. I mean, from everybody that's read, it, they say it's pretty dead on accurate. Like it's it's the truth. Like he didn't hold back. It's like yeah, you can say everything. Uh, listen, I'm not an Apple fanboy at all. Like I despise Macs because I always thought they were overpriced and I build my own computers. So when I, when I read the specs for a Mac and I'm like, dude, I can build that for a quarter of the price. Yeah. Uh, and I last laptop, I even look at a MacBook pro. I'm like, I just want to have a Mac just to have a Mac as you know, have my PC and I want to, because I, I like, I want to see, I want to have both, you know, and I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't pull the trigger. But anyway, if you go back and read that book, it really gives you an insight of how he th- how he thought, like what was in his head and his priorities. And Steve Jobs didn't invent anything. He re- he reverse engineered products that were already out there and made them better. Like Android fanboys, you know, I was always an Android fanboy. It's like, well, the, the Samsung has the best camera, 3000 megapixels and whatever. They're, they're 
they're not about having the first of everything. It's about the experience and making sure it works like it's supposed to work. Listen, I've had like four or five Andrews before my, my iPhone. And I can tell you, they all crash at some point. They never work correctly because Samsung will put their own UI on top of Google. And I haven't had a Pixel, so I don't know how that works. But I still know that Androids are superior and in speed and all that stuff. But dude, I can honestly say ever since I went full-time on an iPhone, because like all my friends and now with a kid, you know, face on my parents and all that, it just works. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. people said, it just works. It never crashes on me. I never have to deal with it like a bunch of stuff I used to, but Again, I'm not a power user like I used to be. So that makes a difference. But the experience, it's always a nice experience on the phone, man. And that's what Apple is all about. And that's the way they want to keep it. And that's why they keep it as a locked, closed ecosystem. And they're going to do everything in their power to keep it that way because they make more money that way too. Definitely something we'll, we'll uh, want to keep our eye on. And if you by any chance remember the name of that uh, that podcast interview, um, the, the, the audio content comes out. Actually, we booked these like two months in advance. I have so it in my history. I'll send it to you. Okay, wait, I have yeah. it in my history. Okay. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll make a note to my producer. Hey, my guy, he's going to send us the link. Make sure to put that in there. Anyway, so we hit an hour <laughs> and I just want you to know that this has just been absolutely fantastic. I, I, I love getting your insight onto this and I've just been uh, absorbing it in. Um, but I'm, if you don't mind, I, I want to go for a, some bonus time here. Uh, sure, go just, for it. Yeah, just get I'm like good. a primer on the Facebook pixel because I haven't had an expert on the subject. Just kind of like give <laughs> like the, the 101 breakdown. So well, for one, I can I, I I get the sense that you know you really value it because I, is that why your your agency is called um, uh, Pixel Media? Pixel Feed, yeah, the Pixel, Pixel tracks everything. Pixel, so yeah. I was like, I need a name, I need a name. Yeah, we talked about this before. So if you look me up, you're gonna see Lover Stitch Media and you're gonna see Pixel Feed. Lover Stitch Media was when people were hitting me up to help them at first, and I was like, I'm not starting an agency. There's no way. And when I say agency, a small agency, uh, a boutique agency. Uh, I have no desire to have like one of those huge agencies. I have my own brands and stuff like that. So that's enough. Uh, but I like helping people in certain brands. So that's why I do it. But I started, I'm like, what am I going to name it? And it was one of those days I was in a hurry. I was like, you know what? I'll just put my name on it. It's easy. The domain won't be taken. It's my name, Lover Stitch Media. And then, you know, it's my name. So I forget like literally three quarters of the world can't pronounce it. Then I always have to spell it. It's a pain in the ass to remember. And it just like, at one point I was like, all right. If I'm going to launch the YouTube video, the YouTube channel and everything else along with, I can't keep naming everything Lover Stitch Media. It's just people are not going to remember. It's pain in the ass to spell. I was like, okay, what's something in the industry? Something in the industry that's like pixel. I go pixel, pixel, you know, pixel feed, the feed, the news feed, you know, the feed of the ads coming to you. I was like, pixel feed. And I was like, I think there was something named like, it. I was like, well, take the E off. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> pixel feed. <laughs> Well, so, I haven't yeah, talked to anybody it. who's uh, who, who's integrated that into their branding. So you know, it's it, you, you're, you're the first. So it definitely uh, it, it still stands out, um, despite it being a term that people have heard of. Um, yeah. So what I would like is for you to just walk us through um, some of the basics of the pixel, like how to nourish it early on. And second question, a little bit more, slightly more advanced, not almost to the point where I shouldn't have said advanced, but. Our pixel, is it per uh, campaign or is it like one pixel for all of May the different? Let's just say I'm running multiple stores. Am I using one pixel per store or is it uh, one pixel per account or just uh, what? Well, yeah, the, the, just really the basics of uh, how to understand and how to nourish the pixel. Yeah, it depends. I mean, it's it's changed throughout the years. Listen, the, there was ways to to hack results back in the day. Not anymore. This hasn't happened in years. Well, you will use the same pixel. I mean, you can still do it. You can share the pixel with other accounts. Um, because, okay, let me, let me take it to the basics and explain it for people that don't know how this works. So the pixel, 
the Facebook pixel and, you know, Facebook has a pixel Snapchat. It's just a piece of code. It's literally a script that you add to the header of your website. And all it's doing is you can give it, you can write into that piece of code. Uh, for example, page views, view content, view contents. For example, if you go to a page for a product, add to cart, it will keep track of you as a user ID because it knows your, your ID for Facebook. So it goes, you know, Christian user ID, blah, 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 blah clicked on add to cart and it sends that information back to Facebook. Uh, so now my pixel is tracking an add to cart. Okay. Or if I buy something, Christian purchased something for $150 on Tuesday at 9 PM, you know, on his Amex or whatever, you know, like it, it knows all of this. It has all that data. So what made Facebook so powerful is like, they're one of the first of integrating the pixel into their ad platform. So when you have all these people adding that pixel to their website, it's keeping track of every single movement from everyone that doesn't even have a Facebook account. A right. Facebook account. It just goes, oh, this is a shoe. Somebody bought it for 150, put them in that pool of data. So if somebody wants to throw an ad of uh, shoes, we'll show it to those type of people. So the, the pixel sends the information back to the account and all the information, you know, it's held, it's, it's held at the account level and it's tracked. So what the pixel does, and this is, you know, before the whole Apple deal, it will track it for 180 days and you will keep this data and you can actually go to Facebook and, and pick, Hey, Facebook, grab the people that have bought from me in the past 60 days and multiply that by 1% of the United States or the world and give me an audience with those data points. And that's what makes Facebook so powerful because now I have 10 new audiences that are people who buy my stuff, but they're different people that have never seen my product. So the chances of them taking action on a purchase with that product are going to be pretty high because Facebook has the data and it's matching it up. So it's just a constant piece of code that sends the information back to Facebook or the platform itself. And then you can, you know, you can use that data to your advantage to uh, create audiences, objectives. So if I want to lead, I'll optimize for lead. Some Facebook will match the two and two together. Um, you know, when you're talking about using the the same pixel in multiple stores, absolutely, you can do that. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, if it's a store is exactly the same type of product, sure, but I wouldn't recommend that because then your pixel data is going to be all messed up. Um, you can share your pixel with multiple ad accounts. You know, if you have a brand new ad account, you want to have a head start, you can share the pixel with it and it's going to take advantage of that data that they already have. So the learning phase is smaller. Um, it's just, that's what makes it powerful. That's what makes Facebook and all every single app platform so powerful because all that data goes back to the platform and they keep track of all of that and they store all that data. And that's what, you know, Apple's trying to block and keep for themselves for many reasons. <laughs> uh, that, that have uh, yet to be revealed. I'll, I'll say that much, but I'm going to yeah. have fun speculating. Uh, all right, cool. So that, that actually helped clear a couple of things. I will say this just so, so you understand uh, how, even though we were going through the basics, how uh, helpful it actually was. Uh, and, may, and by the way, this might actually be true too. So I'll also frame it as a question. But I guess I was thinking that the the pixel is actually collecting information on Facebook, as opposed to collecting information outside of it. Because you said it's a it's code that I put on my website. So does it acquire information internally, or is it only external information? The information you mean in the actual like when you're in the platform itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I no, no, the no, pixel okay. only acquires. Okay, so the pixel only acquires external information that that script is sending back to Facebook. Now, on the platform itself, Facebook has heat maps. They record you every single movement. They have key loggers. They they know. I mean, they know. Even when you type in your race set, that's all logged. That's all tracked. They know. You know, I, I have mes metrics where I can see where you stop. 
like you, I call it thumb stop scroll. That's how I know if my video ads working in my thumb uh -huh, stop yeah. scroll, it's at 20%. That means you stop to look at it. So they can see all that. Like even in my stores, I have, I can literally record you while you're in their life and watch your every single movement and what you're doing in my store, like a security camera. So they don't need the pixel for that because it's inside their own ecosystem. They can see everything. At that point, there's nothing that gets in the way. Um, you know, uh, at one point when they talk, uh, it's more accurate server to server, server, server API, server to server API, where you send information directly from the server back to Facebook, not the pixel because the pixel is not perfect. You know, sometimes it gets blocked by an app or your ad blocker or whatever. So server to server, it's always going to be better. Uh, if you can do that, it's very expensive if you have to set it up the, the real way, but Shopify has a way they do it and it, it works okay. But again, it's going to be blocked by, by freaking Apple, uh, you know, when it rolls out. So, uh, that's what they're trying to do. So what Facebook is trying to do is basically what Amazon did back in the day is that they built everything inside their own ecosystem, even their ads. So they know everything. They don't have to worry about Apple trying to block them because you can't block the platform inside of what's inside. Right. They just can't. Uh, so Facebook has Facebook shops, Instagram shops. That's why they rolled it out so quickly, like six months ago. And they're like, oh no, we need shops now. That's why you went on Instagram. They moved the shop button to the bottom. So it's there all the time to make you get used to it and use it. Because inside Instagram, inside Facebook, they can see everything and it's better than the pixel. So that's going to be the evolution. I think the evolution here is going to be, they eventually want you to move to the Facebook shops and Instagram. I don't know if that's going to work because I wouldn't trust Facebook with my cash transactions. If you had ad accounts, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's dangerous to just rely on Facebook for everything. Um, the other thing that Facebook's been working on where you wouldn't even need the pixel anymore. It's the reason why they bought Oculus. They're, they're going after building a world like Ready Player One. It's already in beta. I've seen it. You're going to literally go in virtual reality. And that's why NFT is so huge right now. That's why crypto. At one point, they were building their own crypto. They want to have their own currency. They did at one point. It was called Libra. Uh, it's, it's, you're going to go in virtually. Our kids are going to go in there. It's like normal. It's just a virtual world. And we have, you know, NFTs, which is whatever you buy and cryptocurrency. And, and guess what? Everything you do in that world, it's tracked. So at that point, it's going to be the most, I mean, I can't even imagine what the ads are going to be like and the conversions and all that stuff. because It's going to be insane. So yeah, I mean, it's data tracking. <laughs> it's all tracking. And, you know, and the, the pixel you can create, uh, you know, custom conversions too. I can track, like I can go in there and manipulate the code and change it to, uh, you know, sales page one. So I know that you landed on page one of my funnel, you know, and I, I want to use that audience specifically to retarget you with a message that goes back to that page only. So I can talk to you directly. It's not just a generic ad. So that's, you know, it's stuff like that you can do with a, the external pic, uh, pixel itself. That, that, that's, that, that's incredible. I mean, there's, there's, um, I mean, some of it is, you know, um, my, 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 my tinfoil hat dystopian uh, paranoia setting in, but you know, I've been paranoid <laughs> it's too in the late, past man. And, and, and nothing happened. <laughs> I'm so telling you, I tell yeah. everybody, it's like, it's too late. It, it, it's already too late, man. For as long as you had this phone here and I'm not saying iPhone, just any phone, uh, you're done. It's already there. I mean, it's there. There's nothing you can do about it. You gave it all away as soon as you, you know, went on Facebook or Google. So it is what it is. All right. Uh, is, is that the note that I want to end on? I think, I think so. I think pretty much. I mean, I'm. I'm just going to say one more time. Uh, I had a blast. I, I really did. It was. It was it's so great human. to be able Thanks. to hear uh, hear your opinion, and hopefully, I was able to contribute something of value on my end of the conversation. Not that Absolutely. I. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. So 
Uh, I'm going to give you our wrap-up question. And by the way, door is always open. If you want to come back and, uh, you know. Oh, same here, man. Just shoot me an email Any, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. All right, terrific. So, yeah, well, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it because there's certainly a numer numerous things to unpack. I only just learned about NFTs, and I'm actually kind of enthusiastic about it. And that's like a whole other can of worms. Oh, don't, even, up, so. don't even get me started. Yeah, yeah. I haven't not, bought not, one not, yet, but it's yeah. like. I, I'm just being careful. Let's just put it that way. Okay. There's a bowl. I think there's a bowl right now, but that's just me. I'm not an expert in that area. So yeah, but uh, to, to the to the audience, assuming that NFTs haven't uh, taken over the world in the two months between now and release, they're 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 interesting, and we'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. So final question for you. Uh, it's in two parts. Number one, if you have any parting insights or wisdoms or advice or like a saying you like anything along those lines, you're more than welcome to uh, to share it with us. And then just let the audience know how they can find you and enjoy your content. Sure. Uh, so I don't know, man. I don't even know where to start. This is what I tell everybody all the time because people ask me, it's like, what would you recommend? I was like, listen, right now it's do what you want to do. <laughs> if you hate your job, it's like we talked earlier in the, in the in the podcast. It's like just do a little bit of research, man. All the information is there. If you want to run ads, I got my YouTube channel. Like literally, I just looked at the other day. It's like 180 videos on digital marketing, and at least 100 of them is how to run Facebook ads. You watch that playlist, you'll know how to run Facebook ads by the end. Like there shouldn't be an issue on why you shouldn't. Uh, so we're in the creator economy. You know, we're we're doing this. Like. You know, I just started, I just posted in my actual personal Facebook. I started a podcast a year ago where I literally record 20 minutes once a week. Uh, my thoughts, it's about nothing. The joke, it's like it's Seinfeld. It's about nothing. It's just whatever's in my head in those 20 minutes and that's it. There's no preparation. There's nothing. And I just hit a thousand downloads. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't do anything special. I just, consistency, that's all it was. So it's the creator economy. If you want to do something that's related to what you love or something you're into, go for it, man. This is the time to do it because these algorithms keep getting powerful. Like I just explained the pixel, there's no saturation. They'll, the pixel will find your tribe. The algorithm will yeah, say, yeah. okay, you're on YouTube and you're into, um, I don't know, uh, baseball bats. Here, I know who the baseball bat hardcore fans are. I'm going to put your video in front of them. And it just happens, man. But you just got to be consistent about it. So if you're going to start something, just be consistent, be patient, and it'll pay off at the end. And uh, where people, uh, people can find me, uh, podcast, Pixel Feed Radio. Uh, I talk to entrepreneurs, their stories of how they started their business, how to, they got to where they're at today. Uh, anywhere from, you know, Joe Schmo, who just started, you know, a little restaurant and, you know, in, in their local, you know, uh, city to Fortune 50 freaking CEOs. It's crazy. Uh, then I have uh, Pixel Feed uh, on YouTube. Just search Pixel Feed in my name, Christian Lomberich, and the channel will come up with over 180 videos. And uh, then Pixel Feed Media. That's uh, my small boutique agency. We concentrate on e-commerce brands. We're growing from six figures to seven, eight, and nine or more. Um, that's if you're ready, if you're a brand that you're already it's proven to do sales, you're already doing sales, whether it's offline or online, we will come in and talk to you and take it to the next level. So pixelfeedmedia.com. All right, fantastic. And I was wondering if I if I had expressed enough of my paranoia that I want to shout out an emergency food preparation kit, but I'll uh, I'll wait until they actually sponsor me. <laughs> so with that. Uh, audience, um, as always, it is an honor to be able to uh, create this content and, and share it with all of you. So thank you for your participation. Christian Leversich, once more, it's been a blast. So it's uh, happy to have, it's been an honor to have you. I really mean that. I, I really enjoyed it, man. Anytime you want to have me back on, just shoot me an email. I'll be more than happy to hop on with you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody, take care and we will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next. <laughs>